1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. I'm Mike Boris and this is Straight Talk. To me, there's nothing worse than waking up dry as a chip. You know, your mouth feels like the bottom of the cockatoo's cage. You know, our industry is a
2: very demanding one. It's a very physical one. You're required to produce the best every single day. accidentally started cooking with a lot of actors in Hollywood Robert Downey Jr. DiCaprio Bill Clinton I'm glad to be back most recently Chris Hemsworth. today I'm going undercover on the internet we spend time cooking for other people and we work long hours making sure that people are fed and yet we've somehow you know, haven't paid attention to our own health you know the industry has always been very difficult to sustain so it's complete chaos. Sergio Pereira, welcome
1: to Straight Talk, mate. Thank you. Thank uh, you I me. spoke at Humankind, so did you. Yeah.
2: What that's was your right. topic, mate? Mine was um, on the future of, of chefs. Uh, I think that's something that that uh, has changed quite a bit. I think now, I think especially you know post-COVID, I think chefs have a much bigger responsibility. You know, I think we've realized also that, you know, the industry has always been very difficult to, to sustain business-wise. Um, and, and I think now we're starting to realize that our resources are, are, are very limited and, and the chefs need to start taking more of an initiative as far as being, it, the craft isn't enough anymore. I think that, you know, the modern day chef is going to be someone who also understands agriculture, science, uh, nutrition, nutrition. Um, And that, I think that's really important to be able to have in our industry and, and also not just that, but personal, um, interest in, in, in self-development, whether it's spiritually, emotionally, physically, you know, our industry is a very demanding one. It's a very physical one. Uh, it's a very difficult profession, you know? So, um, that's, my subject was based on that and, and how we have evolved, um, you know, there's always been this stigma with chefs about you know being very hardcore in the sense of work hard, party hard, and to a certain extent, it is true. You know, I've done my share of that. You know, we 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 were in a very difficult and, and stressful environment, and then afterwards, we just all we want to do is decompress. So yeah, there 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 has been that stigma, but now it's changed. I know a lot of incredible chefs who who are are, are taking initiative to, to be healthy physically and, and, and mentally, um, you know, because good cooking is physical. Um, it requires a certain stamina and, and it's like being, it's like being in the Marines. You really need to, to be, be on on top of your game and, and to be able to last, you know, it's, it's, it's aggressive. It's an aggressive place to be in. Maybe you, well, I, I'd
1: say most people don't understand that. So yeah, uh, they take your word for it, but they, maybe you can just take us through what that means. I mean, are we talking about Gordon Ramsay style shit? You know, like uh people screaming at each other. Well, what, what's it like? I mean, by the way, where you are sitting right now
2: yeah.
1: was a kitchen. Really? For a restaurant <laughs> on the other side of which was a, a Japanese restaurant. Interesting. Um, And we had Japanese chefs. And yeah. uh, my son and my other son, that, that they owned it, and there was a whiskey bar outside, oh. and uh, and COVID came, but they had to close it because the difficulty was neither of my sons are chefs, definitely not Jap- Japanese chefs, and uh, the, the they always had problems with the chefs. They were mm. expensive, um, uh, volatile, uh, walk out on you, and yeah. uh, you like if you run a restaurant, you can't. And if you can't cook and you don't have a chef, you're in trouble. Yeah. This all got too hard in the end. And then COVID came along they got it like impossible then. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so like it, so you were sitting right with the chef. The wow. chef was operating. And uh, maybe explain, I have worked in a kitchen. So when I was a younger guy in my 20s, I went to TAFE and did a, sh- a cooking course and I worked my uncle who's a chef. Not like you. Mm. <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't go to Japan to learn how to cook or anything like that. But I went to TAFE and uh, – but I remember one day my uncle wasn't there and he asked me what I'd do the breakfast in the morning. Mm. This was a, a restaurant attached to a hotel. And he said, Would you, what I do? I said, okay, no problem. So I went there and the owner of the joint, i uh, like to have a drink. <laughs> and um, I remember I was only young, I was 20. I remember he came in and he said, look, I'll get me some bacon and eggs. I want my, my bacon crispy. I said, oh, okay, well, cook it crispy. He came back and I could I could see he's had a bad hangover. He came back and he said, mate, not crispy enough, cook it again. He <laughs> did it twice. And then the third time he came back and he started abusing the shit out of me, like it was pretty full on. So all I remember as I got his plate, I said, Oh, really? So I just threw it at him. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "You yeah, go, fuck yourself. And I walked out and I, well, of course, my uncle wasn't happy. Dad's brother yeah. wasn't very happy. But like, still, I wasn't going to take that shit. Yeah. And, and I guess I can understand. And that wasn't much, really much pressure compared to what you guys got every right. single night. Customers blowing up. Mm. You might have a, someone running the front of the shop and someone running the, the internals and someone checking the quality of the food. Yeah. And everybody's bumping into each other because they're small spaces. Yeah. Um, Take us through what it's like in a, in a when you're talking about chefs, you're talking about mm not doing a master chef. You're talking about chefs in a restaurant. Take me through What's it like? Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, look, you, you have to consider when you think of the, the restaurant industry, consistency is the most difficult thing to achieve. With that. Consistency of what? Consistency of the, of the product of the, of the dish that you're, you're creating, you know, cause you're always depending on the quality and you never know what, what farmers are going to come across, you know, there's a lot of difficulties that happen, whether it's weather related or something's happening with the crops. Quality of the ingredients. Exactly. Um, So we're always at the mercy of, of, of our producers. So that could be challenging and it, and it it depends on a lot of things, you know. Um, But when you're trying to, especially in the fine dining, I think you're, you're required to produce the best every single day. You know, there, there's 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 this precision that happens in, in kitchens, and and you're expected to repeat that over and over again, and you're expected to to make it perfect every single time and on and, time and on time, and that's even that's even more so. It's everything is a timed event in, in a kitchen, yeah. you know, and 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 that is it, it is a difficult thing to to do. You know, I think also a lot of you know the restaurants that I've cooked you know for in Europe have been very strict and and like i said it is a lot like being in the marines you you know you have to show up on time you have to get you know all your pots and pans you you come into the restaurant with a list of things you need to do for that day for your section and you know i remember one of the restaurants that i worked at in spain we were very limited on what we had with pots pans utensils that sort of thing so if you had a very specific thing to do that day you had to get in there as early as possible and get what you needed because if it wasn't there anymore, you just make a claim. You, you couldn't, yeah, exactly. You you couldn't you couldn't do it, and and then you were screwed. And then and then you'd have to deal with an angry chef, and you just had to figure it out. I remember having, I remember seeing full on fights in the kitchens because someone was trying to get a pot and someone needed it for something else. So it's complete chaos. But it's interesting once everyone gets into their into that state of mind of working, it, it, it becomes this beautiful kind of symphony. I look at, I look at kitchens like a, like a beautiful, uh, you know, a piece from Beethoven, you know, there's that calm before the storm, you know, or, or vice versa. It's the storm first, then the calm. So it could be Tchaikovsky. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and it is, it's, 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 it's a very aggressive, aggressive environment, yet You know, you've, you've, you've got these professionals who have to treat what they do with the, with, with care and, and compassion. You know, you're dealing with food. It's, it's consumption. You know, it's, if you put bad energy into something, it's, it's going to come out on the plate. And then the the individual eating it will, will feel it. They'll know. Um, But there is a beautiful kind of camaraderie that that's, that's built when once everything starts moving and all the moving parts are, are fluid, just like a symphony. And it's a beautiful thing to experience, you know, and if is, it works, exactly. It, it, sometimes it, it could be chaotic. And, you know, I've had, you know, times where things have been thrown at me. I mean, one one of the restaurants I worked at as an apprentice and in, in, in just outside of Paris, I remember making a sauce and the, and the chef was just like you were describing your situation was He was unhappy with it and I had to make it at least six times. And after the sixth time, he threw the hot, you know, sauce on top of me, you know, and these things were very common. Can't get away with it much today, but that's the sort of environment that that I grew up doing. It it was, it was necessary to, to produce the the, the kind of consistency that we needed. So once I, let's say you, you, let's say
1: you're a part of the team, you're in the kitchen, obviously, you know, kitchen. Last orders, I don't know, depends where you are in the world, I guess. But nine thirty sort of thing, yeah, then you gotta finish off at probably finish ten thirty, then you gotta clean up and do all your, the stuff you've got to do depending where you sit in the ranking. Mm, and um exactly and not, you and you've been through this mental period, you know, and let's assume it's a busy joint. Um, your brain's a bit fried. Yeah. What is just explain to me, what is a what does the kitchen do? Where do they go? I mean, they don't go. Oh, Celia, so I'm going to go home now, and go to bed because you know, <laughs> your state of mind's a bit fried. You got yeah. you got un- you got to unpack it a bit. What it, what it, what is the normal? What has been the normal
2: process for chefs and well, or people in their group? Well, that that's the beautiful thing about the camaraderie that that we create. You know, it it's, it was normal to have to have a long. You know, night of service is to go out and have beers with your with your chef friends. You know, there's a special bond that we we create that nobody else can understand, and and it's it's a beautiful relationship because everyone understands what's expected of them of them each day. So you you're you you embark on this aggressive scary journey, but filled with beauty at the same time because you're doing beautiful hopefully you're depending on where you're working at you're doing beautiful food and the head chef is is very respectful of, of the food and, and and what they're trying to you know show their customers but uh, but the but the thing that we did and you know I still do you know I, I love you know after a night of service when when I did work more in kitchens was to to have that drink with, with your, your friends, you know, and, and talk about, you know, a lot of times we wouldn't actually even talk about what happened in the restaurant. We would just completely want to disconnect and, and, and talk about other things. We a lot of times we'd end up talking about music and, and, uh, you know, or, you know, trips that we had done or places. Sometimes we would just talk about places that we wanted to, you know, work at or things that we wanted to achieve with, with a certain dish, which is always great. But, um, so yeah, because I mean, I know a lot of chefs who,
1: who became quite good friends with a lot of musos. Yeah. Muses and chefs sort of had this sort of uh, sort of um, simpatico relationship, very similar, and, and they all yeah. tend to go to the same places. And yeah. uh, you know, like that. And unfortunately, I mean, like part of that. Soon as you're drinking, which makes mm. sense, you know, you have a few drinks, and then you have the the, the one that you probably shouldn't have had. Yeah. And the next thing you know, out comes a line of coke, and then sure. they're on the gear, yeah. and then they try to go home and go to sleep, but they're fucked up, so they <laughs> pop a Valium in their gob or a, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, sleeping pill. Yeah. And then they wake up feeling like jack shit and filthy on themselves and that yeah. puts them in a bad frame of but then they've got to start getting ready for work that night. Yeah. And you just keep repeating this process. It's a, it's a vicious cycle. And, and then you're fucked up. Yeah. Because I don't give a shit how old you are. Yeah. You're young, old, yeah. it don't matter. That doesn't last very long. Yeah. And, you don't, and you're not exercising properly. Oh, definitely. The whole not. regime <laughs> – Falls apart, absolutely. And yet, being a chef, you're probably not even eating, probably. Yeah, because yeah. you're doing weird meals, weird times. Well,
2: it's interesting because you know it's it, 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 it's a bit of an oxymoron when you think about it. We, our profession is is to cook and feed, yet we don't cook and feed for ourselves. Yeah, know, know, that, that old saying, <laughs>
1: "Physician heal uh, f- physician heal thyself." You know, should be applied to chef. Feed thyself. Yeah, exactly. Nutritionally, exactly. I mean, because when you do a course, you learn about nutrition. I mean, you don't just learn how to prepare a fucking sauce or whatever, right. you learn about nutrition as part of the, the apprenticeship. Yeah, it is. The actual it, nutrition, like scientifically.
2: Well, you know, interestingly enough, there, there, there hasn't been- you know, a lot of culinary schools will give you the basics, um, which look, I never went to culinary school. Um, I just, I was determined to find the best restaurants and, and get an apprenticeship. You know, my, my grandfather was a chef, so he always said, don't waste your time going to a cooking school. Just, just go to the people that you think are interesting that you want to learn from and go there, go, go get straight into the fire. And I did. Um, but uh, you know, the, it's not like you, you're you're, 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 you sit down and you learn about nutrition. What you do learn is 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 how things grow w- when the best season for them is to 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 utilize um, You do learn that, but interestingly enough, nutrition isn 't a prerequisite when it comes to cooking in restaurants and and I understand that restaurants are you know, it's a form of entertainment. So a lot of people like to go out. It's a social thing. You know, people love going out and eating food, so they don't have to do it themselves. They they have they love the the social aspect of of drinking and having discussions with people. It's a celebration. It's also an indulgence. Exactly, it is. It is.
1: I, so, I, I deserve it. I'm going to indulge myself. Fuck it. Exactly
2: that type of thing. And and and, and, and it, which is a beautiful thing, but because of that, there's no real reason, I guess, you know, for people to want to be able to teach nutrition, but I think it's, it's such a necessary thing to do that. And, and I did uh, get that interest of nutrition, you know, because I, I wasn't only uh, involved in fine dining restaurants. I ended up doing a lot of of private dining. I ended up in in an interesting way. I, I, I kind of accidentally, started cooking with a lot of actors in Hollywood. I had you get that geek. Well, interesting story. I, I was actually, I had gone to Los Angeles and, um, as a chef, as a chef, uh, a friend of mine was opening a restaurant in San Francisco. And, um, you know, I wasn't doing anything at the time. I had just finished, um, an apprenticeship at a restaurant in Spain. And he said to me, look, you want to come to the United States and help me open this restaurant in San Francisco? And I, I said, absolutely. You know, I wanted to uh, get out and do some traveling. Did that. Uh, the restaurant fell apart. The The whole business fell apart before it even opened. So, you know, here I was, I was in California, no money. I remember the first time I got there, I bought I bought myself a a land cruiser, like an 82 land cruiser. And I lived in it uh, for almost two years. It's Uh, not unusual in San Francisco. No, (laughs) exactly. Well, that's the thing I felt right at home it it wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't feel that, you know, like I I felt like it was pretty common, but, um, you know, I, I ended up, being completely broke. And I thought, okay, I need to go back to Europe and, and work back in restaurants. But I ended up running into a friend of mine who was a chef that I worked with years ago in, in Barcelona, who happened to be cooking uh, on a film set and kind of told me, he was kind of vague about the whole thing. And he said, no, yeah, I'm cooking, you know, for this actor. And, and you know, it's quite amazing. It's just, I can never go back to the restaurant world. This is perfect. The pay is amazing. The, the experience is amazing. And I was like, oh, wow, that's incredible. And I never even thought to ask of how to get involved. So right before I end up leaving back to Spain, uh, probably a week before, I get a phone call. And it's this friend. He says, look, I need to go away. A family member's sick. I need someone to fill in for me. Can you do it? It's really easy. I can tell you exactly what it is and you'll be fine. You're going to get some good money. I said, sign me up. I'll do it. So cut to get there, start, uh, you know, the whole, he kind of gives and shows me the ropes in it. And the person I ended up cooking for was Tom Cruise. This was back in 2000. Was it a Mission said, Impossible movie? Or no, it was actually Vanilla Sky. Okay. He, this was when he was with Penelope Cruz, who wow. I actually knew through other friends in Spain. Uh, vaguely, we, we met a long time ago, but he was dating her at the time and he was filming this in, in, in Los Angeles in different parts. And, um. And it ended up being Tom Cruise. I thought, oh wow, okay. You know, I wasn't very starstruck, but at the same time, I thought, wow, this is interesting. But you know, the, it, it, there was there was no specific way of cooking for him except for he just wanted the most healthiest, the most beautiful produce, organic. And, and Sorry, can I just stop there? you mean that that's a requirement? So mm.
1: when you say the most beautiful produce and healthy produce, mm. he he would um, build a requirement for you, the chef, mm. to go find him. Certain types of produce mm. and healthy produce, yeah, to make a certain dish. Did he say like,
2: oh, I like not spaghetti really. bolognese, no, or a- not necessarily? No, it was it was you know like my background obviously is Mediterranean, um, so he just wanted good you know beautiful fresh vegetables. You know, uh, you know if I was going to make any sort of pasta, it would be obviously from, you know, from scratch, uh, the best, you know, chickens, the best meat, you know, it, it was, it was a very balanced, you know, what he asked for was, was, you know, it's quite common. Obviously. But you, he say you, you work it out. Yeah, pretty much. You, made, was, you made the I, menu. I, that was, I was lucky enough that he wasn't picky as yeah, far yeah. as what, what he wanted, as long as it was just good, good, good source of, of, you know, product. So it wasn't uh, about the flavors or, or the, or the dish itself, it was about
1: the nutritional value of what he was eating as well. Exactly. That had equal portions sort it, of thing.
2: Exactly. Yeah. It, 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 so it was, it was really easy and wonderful to be able to cook for them. But that only lasted three months, you know, he was done with the film. And then from that point on, you know, I expected to go back to, to Spain. And from that point on, he just referred me to other clients, to other, to other actors looking for someone to cook for them. And and some of them required a very specific diet and some of them didn't. So they apart just... from Cruz, who did you do apart from Tom? Uh I did uh I did some work with uh Robert Downey Jr., with uh DiCaprio from Bill Clinton. Uh most recently, who I was with for quite a few years is Chris Hemsworth. I was with him for a quite of Northern New South Wales? Yeah. Well yeah. Or I, on I, set or on set. On set. Um depend I mean I, I would travel with him as well. Um that's how I ended up living in Australia. Well, he, he was living in Los Angeles at one point and decided, you know what? I'm, I want to move back to Australia. And, I, and I'm thinking Byron Bay, like Byron Bay, I've never heard of Byron Bay. Um, Hey, well, I'll go with you. He was working. I think he was on, we were doing the the second Avengers. So, um, ended up buying a place in Byron, visited Barn for the first time. I, I fell in love, uh, you know, instantly. I thought, wow, I can live here. I, prior to that, I had visited Australia before and I loved Australia. I just never expected to live here. Um, so I moved there with him. I worked to on, Byron. To Byron. Because he yeah. lives in Cuba, Shoot. <laughs> For those who don't know. Because <laughs> he's my neighbor.
1: <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I got a private resort there. It's really? just around the corner from where he is oh, here. Oh, funny. It's yeah. It's a bigger joint, bigger property than he More, more a yeah. big property. But yeah, so uh, I don't know him, but yeah. a lot of my mates up there know him. Yeah. He's a bit of a ledge up there. They all- he it, is. It, it, he's he's done a lot for Byron. You yeah, know, I mean, in no, you know. that totally regard, I'm saying he's done a lot for the joint.
2: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And he, look, he was a great guy to work with. Um, he's a perfect example of of someone who really pays attention to his to his health. It, it was easy to to help him with, with his with his food and diet because he was he's such a committed. Individual when it comes well, to, to, to exercise, well, he's a big boy. Look the way he's got to look.
1: Yeah, well, he's exactly. got to maintain muscle mass and all sorts of things. Yeah. And also, he's he's probably got an, a, a, a rigid exercise program which requires a lot of fuel. Absolutely. So yeah. when it comes to what you cook for him, I want to ask you this question? Mm. Do you sort of because I, I remember I remember at one stage someone telling me that Chris Hemsworth pre- preparing for whatever Thor or whatever mm. it is he prepares for um, would and and would eat. 2.2 kilograms of protein, not, not, not protein powder, but like protein meat or something like that, right. um, per kilogram of weight that he had something yeah. along 2.2 grams per, per kilogram of weight per something kilogram. along those lines. Right. Um, and, uh, would would he go to, or would he sort of, or would someone tell you, like this is the extent we need to go to? We got to make sure he's eating two hundred and fifty grams of beef a day, and or whatever it is, and therefore you have to make sure you have that amount of meat in there and that amount of vegetables so that he can take a crap in the morning and, yeah. uh, and he's got this amount of uh carbs in there as well and he's got this yeah. amount of oil in there I mean in terms of a nutritional sense yeah. did you
2: go to that does someone like him go to that extent uh, look like, I, like a dietitian I, type thing right look with him no I didn't weigh anything measure anything yeah. I, you know I the, it was more about the, the being consistent with what he was eating um but no you know I I, I would get you know he's 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 a big meat eater uh when when I started working with him, he wasn't that fond of seafood until I started cooking a lot of seafood dishes that were very common in Spain or or things that I had learned in Japan. Um, so he really started to appreciate and love seafood. Um, but no, it, it's, it's always been very – I'm also the kind of person that doesn't necessarily need to measure. I don't think it's it, – that important to have to measure things like if if you if the quality of what you're using is good quality you know where it's coming from you know how it's raised and it, it, then that's all you really need to do and then you just just cook it properly or you know try not to you know mess it up somehow and don't cook the shit out of yeah, it so exactly. there's nothing left in
1: it exactly. or like, like when it comes to vegetables for i would say yeah. um i don't know if this is true or not but let's say you're uh i don't know decide you want to put spinach in something. And let's yeah. say spinach has got, I don't know, high levels of iron in it or whatever it allegedly right. has in it. But the iron obviously doesn't come from the spinach, it comes from the soil. Right. And the soil has got to be, you know, a certain colour to indicate that there's iron in there. Yeah. And, you know, we all know from, we don't all know, but I know, I'm a farmer, so like yeah. I know from past practices that land, a soil gets depleted through erosion, rain, weather, and the number of times you've grown stuff in there. So, you know, the, the old road to crop rotation process is an important process I mean, during the rotation.
0: In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer.
1: Period, by the way, you feed the soil to make sure you've got enough microbes in it, blah, 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 a lot of stuff. Um, When you go to find your ingredients, um, how important is it then for chefs generally to take a view on the quality of their ingredients? In other words, the nutritional quality of their ingredients or is a chef's obligation just to entertain you and put you in a restaurant and make the food colourful so I can take an Instagram photograph Mm. and post it on my uh, page?
2: Well, that that's the thing. I think I think it is important for chefs to know what the nutritional value is of of the products that they're utilizing, and and you get that by speaking to the farmers and asking them, uh, "What are you doing? How are you rotating your crops? Uh, What's how are you treating? You know, what sort of methods are you utilizing now? Because a a lot of farmers are are, are changing their methods constantly just to be able to adapt to the environment and, and 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 um." So it is. It, it's important for a chef to, to do that. And yes, it, there is it, there is that aspect of of entertainment. There, there's always going to be that aspect of entertainment. But if 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 a restaurant's going to be sustainable, it has to take an interest in in, in, in the quality because it, it, it does affect us. What we consume, we are what we consume. And um, and the thing is, that I do feel that a lot of people uh, are are taking more of an interest. More people are wanting to know what they're eating, where it comes from, how it's treated because health, you know, now more than ever, we, we are, I mean, especially in like and look, look what we've gone through this, this pandemic and this, this, you know, this, there's this anxiety now that that has developed about our, 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 you know, our mental and, 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 and physical health. So more people are, 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 Trying to find ways to be healthier, even if that means when they go out to dinner, making healthier choices. Um, but if you if you know where where chef is is getting their their produce from and, and, and the care they they put into it, it's gonna it's gonna show up on, on on the plate, you know. And and also it's just gonna show on how you feel, you know. I think. The, being aware of your own body. If you eat the right things, you notice it. If you, if you eat the wrong things, you notice it, you see, you feel it, you know? And that's one of the things that I've always helped a lot of the clients and, or, or entertainers that I've worked with is not so much about weighing things out, you know, eating only this or only that. It's like, it's about how do you feel? You know, that's one of the things I've always asked is how do you feel like when you eat this or that, or how, how have you felt all week when we've eaten this? You know, I think the, having that self-awareness is very important. And that's what I try and train uh, uh, a lot of my clients with is that self-awareness. You what, know? what about this researcher? You know, I'm I'm
1: I'm a, I'm a food narc, okay? Mm. Uh, there are certain types of food I just will not fucking eat. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. The test for me is not how I feel after I eat. The test is how I feel in the middle of the night or after I've been in bed a few hours. To me, there's nothing worse than waking up dry as a chip. You know, your mouth feels like the bottom of the cockatoo's cage. Yeah. yeah. Um, And and you feel fucked and you've got a headache and you're dying of thirst and you've got to go and stick your head under the tap at 2 o'clock in the morning (laughs) and – you know, turn it on full blast, yeah. and that's not good for you either. Yeah, um, yeah. They're all And, and there seem – I don't know if it's just me. I don't know if I'm some sort of indicator, but my friends who tend to be in a different generation to you, for example, my friends are all saying that they are anti that type of food mm. and that those foods come from certain regions, generally speaking, and they are – those, those foods were once very popular – as especially within restaurants, but now I don't want to say what type of restaurants, but now uh, those people are rejecting that type of that type of that type of meal, and they're actually tending more towards not so much what it looks like on the plate, mm. but more about uh, how makes you feel after. Right. In other words, well, or probably another way of putting it, it doesn't make you feel like shit. Right? Yeah. Because it's not going to make you feel great, but food food doesn't make you feel great. I mean, like you eat it, you love it, it's tasty, it's a good, good, you know, you enjoy the company you're eating with, et cetera, and you can sort of comment, oh, well, that that looks pretty good and blah, 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 that's good. It makes you get a good bit of a glow out of that. But one thing food should not do to you is make you feel like shit the next, within eight hours. Absolutely. No, yeah, especially- Is there a movement towards that?
2: Is there what is a movement it? towards that by, oh, with chefs? Are so chefs starting well, to work like, that shit out? I th- absolutely, yeah. I mean, look, it it, it there is. Um, again, it does make a difference. You know, I'm sure you would uh, realize how your body feels like like if you have, I don't know, let's just say you have some, some takeaway from some dodgy Chinese takeout place. We and- will <laughs> <laughs> Anything. You know, I mean, or anything, or yeah. any fast food. Yeah. It yeah, yeah. You know, a- g- a- a- is any fast food. Yeah. A- 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 any yeah. fast food. Yeah. You know, uh, I said hm, the Chinese food only because of the MSG or, and there's yeah, a lot but of places. And that's the sort of thing I was
1: referring to. MSG right. Actually.
2: Yeah. I mean, but look, there's MSG in a lot of things. It doesn't have to be just that type of food. It was in pizzas. <laughs> exactly. Um, but you do notice it. I think it, it you know, again, it's, there's, those are typically shortcuts of making food taste good. Don't need that. The reason why a lot of people may, may use that is because it it is faster, it is cheaper. And, and when it comes to natural, beautiful, you know, unprocessed food, it does take more work. It takes more uh, care. And, and, and you, you know, it is because cooking does require time and patience. That's probably why a lot of people don't, 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 you know, especially fast, fast food places don't really care to do that. It's all about numbers and, and let's how much can we sell? Let's get, let's get rid of it. Um, and, all, and a lot of the times, all that is like really bad quality cuts of meat and, and just produce that in doesn't really isn't really looked after. I guess you can take a
1: shitty quality meat, a cut of meat, a, like mm. a, a cheaper cut of meat. You can turn it into something pretty good, yeah, if you've got time. Well, exactly, slow cook it and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and, but I remember when I was when I was working in the restaurant, it's an old Greek guy Michael, right. but he's passed away these days, so I can talk yeah. about him. But it was always about Mark. More salt, salt fixes everything. Mm. Um, you know, more oil you Know, and there's books written on this stuff like you know, fat, which is oil, yeah, yeah, salt and sugar, yeah, like th- they make everything taste good, absolutely. And like, yeah. you know, you, you, your potato crisps, you know, like at the end of the sure. day, that's what yeah. it is it's uh, fat, yeah. sugar, and salt, like that's what your chips are. Your yeah. potato, I'm talking about the crisps, you know, yeah. I mean, and yeah. we go, wow, how good's that? And then give me a beer, and I'm gonna wash a footy, sure. and I still do it once a week, yeah. but I mean, but that's sort of my you know, that's my sort of spoil, but. Yeah, you know, like a, that old school thing is a fast, I think, exiting stage left.
2: Mm.
1: And chefs, sh- I think chefs are at the front of all this. I and mean, right. the chefs are trying to sort of turn us around a little bit. But it's very expensive, and it's not available to everybody. It's a little bit unfair. It's a little bit elitist. Mm. I mean, oh, yeah, you know, you're talking about movie that. movie actors, sure. Um, I get it. When, when's the movement going to sort of start to apply on mass? You know, to oh, it'll wow. make everyone able to sort of start to yeah. understand this because governments don't educate. Even the, mm. you know, the that that uh, triangle they showed you, the whatever they call it, the food buddy thing, yeah, you know, the food, food triangle. pyramid, yeah, yeah, no, it's all bullshit as well. Um, yeah. So, w- when do you think? What do you think is going to take for what the rich people can enjoy mm. in terms of nutrition and experience nice food when do you think that's going to sort of start to filter down to the masses I and mean, let's just talk about in Australia as opposed to countries where they are third yeah. world countries but Australia
2: I think it's happening already i i, I think it'd be, the, you know things such as master chef and, and and all these things are 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 starting to to kind of um you know uh, showcase and, and and even share a certain information about you know different ways of cooking a lot of it has to do with accessibility of, of just cooking in general. I think it's, um, it's something that you you, more, more and more people are starting to take an interest in, in ways of cooking. Now you, you've got all this equipment now that that's, that's, for a long time was only available in restaurant kitchens to be able to achieve the certain quality or even the, the end result of what what you would have at a restaurant you can now do in in, in your own home and I think that 's now because that 's been become very accessible. Food is also becoming very accessible. I know a lot of farmers who sell directly to a lot of just private homes. You don't, there's no middle person anymore. You know, a lot of, a lot of people that I've spoken to are starting to do that directly is starting to do like monthly subscriptions, that sort of thing. You're starting to see that a lot more. And, you know, and also the, a lot of cooking shows and and modern day, modern day chefs are, are, are figuring out how to, give that information show a unique. If you're on a budget, how you can eat healthy on a budget. It's, it's all about, you know, all this stuff that that's available that you can, you can get some, so much information just off YouTube. There's a lot of chefs doing that. Um, but where do people go? Like, I mean,
1: because I mean, I, I still think you're talking, you're talking to the converted, mm-hmm. but I mean, I think most people on honest, you, I don't think they've got a clue. I, I'm talking about, you know, if I drive, 10 kilometres away from where we are now. Mm. People just don't really have a clue. They just go, oh, should I just go down to the local joint and get the same thing or get takeaway on Monday nights, takeaway on Friday nights, Saturday nights. Um, you know, I'll have a hangover on Saturday morning so I'm going to eat bacon and eggs and sausages and whatever. Um, and I'm, By the way, I've got nothing against meat. I love mm. meat. But, yeah, I just think that I don't – I actually think most people don't have a clue. I don't think – because they don't watch my Shift. I mean, mm. they, they don't watch these shows. Yeah. Um, I, and there's – there needs – I think – we need to have a movement towards better nutrition that's made available for the masses because, and the reason I'm saying this is because I think at least a better mental health. So if you're eating shit, you're not going to sleep properly. If you don't sleep properly, you don't exercise properly. If you don't exercise properly and you don't sleep properly, you're missing two out of the three major ingredients to live in a normal life. Mm. Like what I consider to be a normal life, normal longevity Mm. and with a normal health span in that longevity period. So the two big components is sleep and food and food affects your sleep. So if you're trying to build a sleep strategy, if you don't sleep properly, part of the strategy is what did the fuck
2: did you eat and when did you eat it. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And people don't know. Yeah. You know. Yeah, no but but there are look, there's so many books being written now, you know, that that are that people have access to. The the, the people are, I've noticed that people are making more of an effort to to understand that. Is that is that is that in Australia do you think? I what have to say? So? Something like Spain? Well, you know, when you when you talk about Spain, you, you, you know, it, it's such a you know Europe in general is such a cultural thing. Well, I mean, you would know this about Greece. It, we we we've always been, we've always we've grown up knowing the, the fishmongers or the people that fish, you know, who brought the fish into their shops. We know the butchers. We we grew up with them We're on the same street. We know all these people. Um, that's how I grew up and so we were we were always educated on on what we consumed it was a normal thing now you're talking about bigger cities you know especially like here you know we yeah things change but you know uh, th- you know, you're talking about a, a place like Spain who has done it for thousands of years. That, that's just, called Mediterranean that's diet. Exactly. That's just the culture, you know? And, and, and I think that it is happening in Australia. I think it's a it's an incredible time to be a chef in Australia, a young chef. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because, the, well, first of all, the produce here is incredible. Is that and, right? As compared I, to anywhere else? I believe it is. Yeah, really, are we just talking about seafood or vegetables? Seafood, uh, uh, meats, um spices you know I'm fascinated by by all the indigenous ingredients here um there's so much it's it's a it's it's a it's a blank canvas and you and all these there's so many amazing chefs now you know taking advantage of that and, and look uh, Australia is 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 full of immigrants it's all immigrants they they have blood from different parts of the world and I think a lot of these younger chefs are really Taking advantage of that, and they're proud of that, and 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 at the same time, utilizing what is available here, because we do have beautiful ingredients so here. We have an obese. We're becoming more obese in Australia. I've uh, yeah, that is true. That is. We're sort of hitting, not as bad as Mary, but we're sort of going down that track. Right, right. And I don't it, understand it, like. uh Yeah. Well, look. I I think it's it's also about educating, you know, people with with that. And look, like you said, a lot of it does does have to. It's a it's a it's a complete package. It's not just the nutrition. It is is the quality of of your rest and recovery. You know, sleep. It is. Do you exercise? Do you walk? Do you lift weights? Whatever it is, it's having that balance. It is having good good food. Uh, good, good sleep and, and good exercise. The, 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 you know, that's the yeah, the three states. Well, that's yeah, exactly. And, and but not. I think it is changing, but at the same time, you know, you look at what's happened in the last couple of years. You look mental, like d- emotional and, and 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 mental health has also you know, been affected by everything that's gone on, you know, the, the, the amounts of, 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 of stress and anxiety that has occurred post pandemic has affected a lot of us or all of us in some way, shape or form. So that's why I really think that now more than ever, people are taking, you know, advantage of, of correcting that. And we have access to it. We have all this technology. Now you can research anything and then watch a video on anything related to food, health, and fitness. It's, it's accessible. And, you know, and chefs are, are probably the, one of the biggest uh, now who, who are the leaders in, in all of that. You know, like I said, I know a lot of chefs who, who have, you know, made a complete change within themselves as far as exercise and, and, and nutrition, you know, cause like I said, a lot of chefs, you know, we, we spend time cooking for other people and we work long, you know, hours making sure that people are fed and yet we've somehow you know, haven't paid attention to our own health. But now that's changing. I certainly do it. I know a lot of chefs that do it, who take the time and and, and the discipline to, to feed themselves, uh, to do exercise every single day, who meditate every single day. There's a, this whole holistic kind of approach that's happened with a lot of chefs, which is really great to see. And, and a lot of these chefs are making a difference They're and they're, they're putting all that information, whether it's be social media or, or dinners, you know, they're, they're the ones that are, they're speaking out and educating the people, which is what I was talking about earlier, which was the, the future of a chef is going to have a lot more responsibility. Is mm-hmm. the influence coming from the client or the
1: customer or from the chefs as to how you lead a better quality life in terms of your, your
2: nutrition? I, I think it's the chef, you know, because when you think about it, like a lot of these these famous people like uh, they they all they, they they have the money to be able to afford to to, to have someone do this for them yeah. uh, not to say that they're not interested in 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 their own health and nutrition but they don't need they don't necessarily have the need to to probably you know talk about it or, or share their information with other people as long as they're doing what they need to do for whatever film that they're doing. They're going to so get the shirt off at the end of the day. Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And look, there, there are some people that that have something to say about their their nutrition and they, and they do want to use their their platform to share what they need to say about nutrition and there are some actors that do that. Um, I mean, look, Chris Hemsworth has the the, the CenterFit app. Yep. So he created that with a lot of, you know, trainers and, and chefs that that he believed were a huge help to his nutrition so he's he's uh, you know created that platform so that he can be vocal about you know the importance of nutrition to him and to to other people to try and make it accessible so there are people that are doing that but at the end of the day i think it's still the, the, the the chef that that makes it happen or the nutritionist or, or or the trainer, whoever that is, they're the ones ultimately that have the craft, have the ultimate knowledge. And, you know, if anything, we're, we're utilizing these, these, these famous people as catalysts or, 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 you know, vehicles to, to be able to project that even further, you know? So that is, that is an advantage, but I do feel that we're the ones that, 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 you know, have that responsibility to, 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 to do it, if we've got the information, we have to share it. So, do you yeah. think therefore chefs have a new role in society? Oh yeah,
1: as opposed to just being someone down the corner restaurant around the corner making de- meals from us every Friday night or whatever it is. Yeah. Do you think they had, they now have a new role and that they sort of become nearly interventionist there, or is that
2: taking it too far? The chefs should just stick to the lane? No, I think I think it is. I think I see a future of chefs being more teachers. You know, um, teaching uh, us. Controls. Yeah, absolutely. Just it's it's not like I said. I think it's not just cooking. Our craft isn't enough anymore. I think participating and understanding and working with farmers by learning their their methods, their techniques, learning about agriculture, taking a, a more. Uh, you know, a, a scientific approach to certain things and 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 understanding how nutrition works, you know, with within the body and, and chemically and, and that sort of thing, it, it's 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 a much bigger beast than we ever anticipated. You know, for so many years, it, it, it's it, it was it was looked at as a form only a form of, of entertainment. But when you think about it, cooking started as a form of of of. of Survival, yeah. you know, it's always been with within us. It, it, we did it because we needed to. We did and it out and of necessity, community. exactly. And, and community, exactly. It created our culture. Yeah. It, it, you know, cooking is the most visible DNA that we have. That when you look at how our cooking has evolved, it, t- it shows a lot about how we've evolved as people and in our culture, and and how our bodies have have evolved. So I think it it is it's an important thing, and we're going back to that. A lot of restaurants. You still have your fine dining restaurants. Uh, but a lot of chefs now are going back to the basics, which seems to happen quite a bit. But I think now more than ever, you know, doing more basic things, not being so polished and so perfect and 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 modern. It's it's about just just appreciating, uh, you know, a good piece of, you know, steak or or lamb or or fish or beautiful vegetables done as they are, without all the little you know little intricacies that you know fine dining is known for, and not to say there's a place for that, obviously, but, um, but it is, it's, 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 it is something, you know, like I said, good cooking is, requires a a certain type of stamina, you know, and, and awareness, you know, because you look at the long hours and the drudgery that's involved in that, like you, you need to really take advantage of of that time and and really fulfill it in, 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 in a way where it's not only going to benefit you and your business, but it's going to really reach a lot of people and and make them want to, you know, take care of themselves more. Here's a greater purpose. Yeah. It's a greater purpose. It's not just a transaction, right? It's there for the
1: uh, chefs can read the actual additional benefit that they, uh, promoting. I mean, I, I think that makes sense to me. I mean, the only thing I'm worried about as nutritionists is to say, Hey, you're a chef, stay in your lane. I'm right. the nutritionist. Right. Um, I'll do the nutrition side. You do the cooking side. And, but I don't see any problem with the crossover. I I, I don't see And by the way, we probably just
2: need to see a few nutritionists who might
1: start to learn a bit about cooking. Yeah. Maybe that's what we need to see.
2: It it is. I, I, I agree. I think that crossover is necessary. I think they, they work together. I don't think either one should be without the other, you know, but, but it is. And that's why I think, you know, chefs will have to do that to be able to, to sustain their, their careers, you know, and also be very business savvy. You know, like I, I really admire, um, Shannon Bennett, you know, who I know quite well. He's in you know, a brilliant chef, brilliant businessman. Um, there's a lot of chefs like that who are, who, who are doing more than their craft, you know, and, and, and they're giving back and, and they're, and they're, and they're really kind of changing what a chef is meant to do, you know? So it's, it, it's, it's, it's a great thing to, to see, but there's a lot of incredible chefs out there. And like I said, here, Australia is just full of incredible chefs. So I'm, I'm really just proud and, and, and excited to be able to do what I do here. You know, so it's it's been an incredible journey so far. So it's been wonderful, really, really wonderful. Yeah. Sergio
1: Pereira, uh, I think your insight's actually well-timed. Mm. I do think the world is starting to become, well, parts of the world anyway, starting to become much more aware of what they put in their gob is going to make their day one way or the other, or the night, Yeah. And linking what you do with sleep and exercise and mental health and as well as physical health, I think that's a really important linkage. I'm so glad you came in to talk about this, but also sort of gives a bit of an insight into what celebrities are doing because Mm. unfortunately, or fortunately, maybe it's another way of looking at it, a lot of what we do and how we change our lives is based on what we admire others doing. Yeah, celebrities have put up such a pedestal oh, these yeah. days, particularly with all social mediums, that I think celebrities have nearly have an obligation to start to share with us. And maybe we get it done through their chefs mm. like you, but what they consider to be best for them, for their life. Yeah. And us mere mortals, mm. uh, we get an opportunity to share in that knowledge and share in those learnings and hopefully share in the benefits. So thanks very much for coming, yeah. Sergio. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Straight Talk with Mark Boris. Audio production by Jessica Smalley. Production assistants, Jonathan Leondis and Simon McDermott. This is a mentored podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.